For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And now for something special. The unit is self-contained with its own saddler, farrier, wheelwright, and so on. It's a rigorous training dished on who know all there is to know about horses, and it brings results. We take you behind the scenes now to show just some of the interesting aspects of this training. Welcome back to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein, the best podcast to create sounder horses from the ground up. Mike Stein is a registered journeyman farrier with an APF1 accreditation. On this week's episode, we're going to try talking terminology again. Also, this week's case study, the Pegasus discussion. And also, for someone who wants to learn hoof care or being a farrier, who is your biggest teacher or influence? All this and much, much more will be discussed here on Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. And over to my far inside is Mike Stein. How are you? I'm doing good, Travis. How are you? I'm doing all all right. Now, don't lie. You're not doing good at all. We were it's ta- terrible. <laughs> you are. We were talking before the show that you were having some issues, some driving issues, some parking issues, some moving around vehicles and stuff. And then right before we get on the air, I said, well, is there anything else going on? He said, yes, I played tow truck for a while. So tell us what happened. You were a tow truck driver? What are you picking up? Side jobs? You're getting out of the farrier well, business? What are you doing? I, a little bit of a situation at a farm. In fact, it was Monday, last Monday. Uh-huh. Left here, went to a farm. To work. I was working on the horses that I work on, and during that, there were a couple horses that came back to the barn, saddled up, and they went cruising into the barn. Apparently, there was a group that had gone out on a bit of a trail ride, and a young boy decided to go under a tree limb and lean backwards on the horse. Is that a good thing or a bad thing that they do that? It was... Well, if you lean back, your feet go, your heels go down, and your legs go up, so the horse is reading that as as something. Is that Am I close well, to what, what happened? I, well, I understand the horse was being pretty quiet and just went on. Okay. But as he leaned back, he leaned to the side, gravity took over, and he could not defy gravity. <laughs> so he slid off the, the so horse. So he slid off the horse. All right. And he caught himself, stiff arm. The lady at the barn comes in and says, uh, he bro- broke his forearm. He broke it. Snapped it. Snapped it. How it's o- not shaped right. It's already turning blue and purple and blowing up. Now, how old was this rider? Over 15, under 15? Under 15, I think. Uh, okay, so he's still adolescent. Adolescent. So, biddle bro- bones. Biddle bro- can't even say that. He did not bounce. <laughs> he did not bounce. did not bounce. So we got a problem. His dad went over there to pick him up with a minivan. On a trail ride after on a trail ride. here in North Carolina after we just had however many days of, of rain and freezing snow. So there was a gravel road, and his dad decided to get closer to where the boy was. He wasn't about 30 feet from the gravel road and drove in to the field. It wasn't planted a winter plant, but he drove into the field with the minivan. And, of course, we know where that went. And he got further in there than I thought. He probably floated a little bit before he got in there. Yeah, he floated and he went and there you go. So by the time I got over there, they had moved the boy out to the edge of the road, and there were a couple of people with him, many fans sitting in the field. And we were, you know, she was, you know, came to the bar, and first she was like, can you run a tractor? Because they had a pretty good-sized green tractor there, and no problem. I said, how far from the road is he? She's about 30 feet. I said, have we got anything to tow with? So the big ratchet binders, like the commercial duty ones, like you might throw over something on the back of a tractor trailer. Oh, yeah. Had a couple of those deals. And so we took the straps out, doubled them up, and I had to pack up because I was shoeing. Still had one more to shoe. 
go over there, retrieve the van. He did have a trailer hitch. And by the time this was over with, you know, the dad had taken a stick and cut up his shirt and all this and kind of splinted up the arm. And I was thinking, like, you, like you see in the movies, in or the like movies, yeah. really? All right, I didn't. I, I thought didn't, I thought that was just a movie thing. I guess it I does work. Yeah, I didn't see that. <laughs> Ended up attaching the straps together, and you have those big nylon straps. You pull on them, they lock up. Mm-hmm. So I took some punches and stuck you know, metal pretzels like used for finishing nail holes and stuck in in the knots before we put any tension on them so that we could get uh, them out. Yeah, right. And then attached it to my trailer hitch. Attached it. At least he did have a hitch on the back of the minivan. So he hooked to that, pulled him out backwards, and they jumped in and they took off. And I was talking to him. She was talking about what all they'd done with the arm. Well, I've got a whole pack of bandaging material and both for horses and for human first day. I was going to say, technically, Mike, if you're out there shoeing a horse or and if a horse's leg breaks, do you have the stuff in your trunk to well, fix a horse's leg if it breaks on site? Well, not, well no, not, no, no, no. we got to call the vet if a horse oh, has yeah. a broken leg. Right, right, right. I understand that. I have combi roll that I use for bandaging. If I put something like a boot on the foot temporarily, we bandage around the top of the hoof with it. I have a few ace bandages and a human first aid kit. This is probably more than I really need to carry. Got eyewash, got burn stuff, got bandaging material. Anything to counterbalance whatever you got in your right. truck if someone gets hurt with it. Right, and along with fire extinguisher and everything else. And then I've got a box up front that has combi roll. I've got plenty of vet wrap. I've got assorted things in there. You got straight sticks so you can do the whole splint. Thing. Well, there's actually casting in my cooler. Okay. I keep a couple different widths of casting material because with an ultimate boot, sometimes I cast them on and sometimes you do hoof casting. Right. So I had a few things in there that could have been used to make a sling to stabilize the deal. It might have been a little better than the stick he got out of the woods. <laughs> but by then they were gone. And then I had to go back and start on horses and I had somewhere to go after that. And I had to make a phone call. So guess what? I'm going to be an hour and a half late to the next appointment. I was going to say, how long did this whole ordeal with the kid falling off and them con- contacting you and saying hey my dad's stuck in the in the in the field with his minivan how, how long was that whole ordeal well, yeah i had to you know get things together what we're going to tow with together no, fold up shop this is what you did mike they yeah. came to you and, and you're in the middle you're upside down underneath the horse and they said uh, mike stein mike stein mike stein professional farrier uh host of the equine dynamic show um our, my dad's van is is caught in the field this is exactly what i see mike goes he stands up and goes what? <laughs> Basically, <laughs> who's yeah. who's stuck where? You know, Mike's total equine focus on this horse, and someone comes up and says Timmy's trapped in a well, and he and Mike's probably like, exactly what? Basically, yeah, I had to start figuring out what was going on and figure out how we were going to deal with the situation. But yeah, it's one of those things. Sometimes you're at a barn and something happens, and you got to help deal with the situation. Oh yeah. I mean, if you had been there with yourself, you would have done something to help out the deal. Well, the the thing that scares me the most is sometimes my wife rides Dominique here on the property because we do have an arena here, right? And she does go out there and lunge and and ride. She has full gear on and stuff like that, and. One day she came in here, and I, I I said this a couple weeks back, she comes up to the studio, which she never does, and she's like, you know, how are you? How are things going here in the studio? I'm sitting here editing the podcast and everything. I'm like, good. And I look at her, and she's got a little dirt on her, and I'm like, what's wrong with you? And I could see her eyes starting to tear up. That's when the horse threw her, and she's out there in that field all by herself. That's the only thing I don't like about her right. not her not having a trainer out there or someone else out there. Now we do have cameras and stuff, but I don't have time. I don't have enough monitors in this studio to have every camera that we have on the property to sit here and watch it all well, day you can, long. You can at least get something to post on YouTube, <laughs> right? We back and forth, we back and forth, we back and forth. But I mean, a, a split a split second, something could happen. And luckily, she knows that this horse has thrown her before years ago. 
when it was when it was younger, so she knows how she knew how to roll and and what to expect. But if you're not expecting it, that could have turned tragedy. Same thing with the with the boy that fell off the horse. If he wasn't, I mean, granted, he only broke his arm and stuff. You have to learn how to fall. I right. mean, I don't know what his level skill level as far as riding a horse. If you're just trail riding, chances are the only lessons you have is riding a bicycle and falling off that. Well, I mean, it's like going under something. You're more stable probably if you would, were to lean forward. Yeah, tuck, tuck up underneath your chest and right. and go up underneath it. He just kind of, like a jet ski, just kind of leaned back and that was it. Fell right off. Right. Gravity took over and there you are. But some days things can happen real fast and sometimes you just have to deal with a situation that is unplanned. We always have, have situations that come up and you know, it's kind of nice to have a few things in your rig to be prepared in case something does happen. Now, what's the latest on the on the update on the boy? I do not know. I've not heard anything since I left the farm. I probably will get an update when I circle back around in my schedule and make it back to that farm. Well, what do they say? No news is good news, I guess? Outside of getting them out of the field. I mean, he's not, you know, they say, oh, you know, we lost them, you know? <laughs> no, I, I, don't, I, I don't think that would be the situation. I've not heard anything on that. I'm sure that when I'm back to that farm and I talk to people, I will find out. I have not. I would demand some kind of card like a thank you card they should give you a thank you card when you open it up it plays some kind of song knight in shining armor you know <laughs> i don't i don't know about that it's okay. just God, just things happen you deal with it well, you move on and then expect it happens and sometimes it happens real fast well good job mike we're, we're all proud of you all right guys stick around we got a lot to talk about and talking terminology is going to be one of them you're listening to equine dynamics with mike stein he'll be right back you don't know how much you mean to me Welcome back to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. He was the official farrier of the 2018 World Equestrian Games. And if you'd like to contact Mike Stein, if you'd like any other information about Mike Stein, go over to equinedynamics.com. At the top of the page says contact us. Also, if you'd like Mike to perform a clinic at your event or at your location, fill out the little form there at the top says clinics, and Mike will pencil you in and get you on the schedule as soon as he possibly can. And over to my far hand side is Mike Stein. How are you? I'm doing okay, Travis. How are you doing? I'm doing good. You're a little hesitant. Are you all right? You sure? I mean, that was a that was a just l- a little slow. All right. Well, that's fine. You know, it's Monday. You're allowed it's to be Monday. You're allowed to be slow. Now, last week we started a new segment called Talking Terminology. Right. This week we have two new words, and Mike, you couldn't have picked a better two words to. Have people learn about. The first word we're going to work on today, if you ever heard your farrier or your veterinarian say this word, and that's the word abduction, A-B-D-U-C-T-I-O-N, abduction. And the second word we're going to work on is adduction, A-D-D-U-C-T-I-O-N. So first of all, let's talk about abduction, A-B. Abduction. That's one of those terms that I tend to get twisted up pretty easy to add to the centers when you bring the leg in towards the body. To ab is to move it out. And you're talking about the limb, the leg of the horse. The leg of the horse, the leg of you, the leg of whatever. And only the legs. <laughs> well, I guess you could do it with the swinging of the tail. And the head as well? I hadn't thought about that one. But it's something that you will hear in some veterinary terminology. You know, it's like any with these things that the more you know, the better off you are, right? Trying to pass a few things along. To adduct. And to abduct, it make it make some sense to move in or to to move out. 
Abduction is a term, function of the anatomy, described of moving a limb away from the body. Adduction is a term of functionality of the anatomy, describing a movement that draws the limb towards the body. Yes, draw towards, move away. And so it, using these terms, uh, a veterinarian or farrier, can you use these terms as far as when these would be implemented in a sentence? Right. You've got muscles that would be adduction muscles. You've got muscles that would be abduction. Who picks out these words? Yeah, there, there are some some questions having to do with uh, your accreditations is where some of these are coming from. Okay. Some good material that we need to do. The best thing that the horse owners can do to prepare themselves for problems and heading off problems is have knowledge. That's the whole, the whole reason we're doing this. So how would a veterinarian use the word abduction? Now, would a paddle foot be an abduction? It kind of would a be, A movement because yes. it's moving out away from? It, and it, yeah, it would be. It would abduct. Away from the away body. From the body, yeah. Now, would a paddle foot come inside? You do have some feet that will swing inside, some will swing outside. If you got a horse that is paddling on the front, swinging out, a lot of times on that diagonal hind leg, it will swing in. So it's an abduct and an adduct on the other end because horses will kind of trot out like a tricycle. If they're wide in the front, they're narrow in the back. If they're wide in the back, they're narrow in the front. All right, there you go. So our term of the day, talking terminology, abduction is the use of a function describing the movement of a limb away from the body and adduction with a D on it, term used for functionality of an anatomy describing movement that draws a limb towards the body. All right, guys, stick around. we got a lot more to get into. You're listening to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. Make sure you follow him on his Facebook page. Mike posts a bunch of different articles up there. He also will post the definition of the word abduction and adduction up on his Facebook page as well and show you some examples of that. So make sure you follow and like and subscribe over on Facebook. Search Equine Dynamics Mike Stein. And don't forget, for every podcast we do, we have a matching video. You can see me waving to Mike, Mike waving to me. And this is a great time. This is the reason why we have the podcast video, because we talk about case studies. And when we talk about case studies, these are studies that Mike has actually done on certain horses that he has taken pictures, evaluated from beginning almost to end to fix any problems that these horses might have in their hoof care or just hoof balancing or the overall biomechanics of a horse. We have pictures and videos that we show you along tandem with the podcast. So go over to YouTube as well. Make sure you like and subscribe. And Mike, I, again, I see a lot of traction on these videos now that we're starting to do a little bit more pictures mm -hmm. and stuff like mm -hmm. that. People are, are gravitating toward those pictures. So now's a great time to go over there because we're going to talk about the Pegasus discussion. This is a case study about a Mustang from the high desert country in Nevada. The name of the horse was Pegasus. So let me switch screens here and go to camera six so we can all see it and we can all be friends here. So this is an x-ray of Pegasus. So tell us about Pegasus here. Right. He was brought in from 13 to 15 years old. You know, you look at this guy when you see the pictures, it's like, wow, I don't know how he even lived. You, you look at this, the joint spacing is terrible. Is This is Pegasus right this here. This is Pegasus. This is how you, it that's, started. That's how he walked. He looks like he's... <laughs> he kind of leads to one side. He's He looks like a cartoon character. His he, his feet kind of shovel out like a, what do you call him, elf towing? Elf towing, but it's out to the side more than to the front. He, he, he walks on the inside wall. Uh, they figured that the damage had occurred when he was probably a few weeks of age. 
stage, he got busted up, maybe got pushed off a ledge, something. They figured for him to be up and survive, he'd had to have been off the ground in a couple of days. And young babies, a few weeks old, stuff heals amazingly quick. But nothing is lined up in those front legs where it's supposed to be. Even all the way to the top of the shoulder, he had adapted to that situation. Now, I see his, his hoofs are really, really long, like they haven't been trimmed in a while. Could just, if you if he was this way and had his feet taken care of like his hooves trimmed properly because those look way overgrown could he at least walk a little bit better i'm sure those hooves don't help no they don't but the situation at this point is bad well he came out of the wild at 13 to 15 years old so he was doing okay he was still living he was he was part of the pack here's the crazy thing with him was he part of the pack? He was heard staying in his valley from what all the BLM people had said. Mm-hmm. The reason he was named Pegasus when he galloped, we got into the adduct and abduct mm-hmm. thing. Those front legs flailed out. The helicopter crew named him. They claimed that he was moving 30, 35 miles an hour across the desert when they were herding their herd. So he actually pulled away from the herd. You look at this guy and you're like, holy... Yeah. How can he even survive? Him standing we, there makes me hurt. We would have put him down as a domestic horse. Yes. When he came in... To the BLM, he was putting a holding pen, and they're kind of like, we need to get rid of him. Someone called Doc Redden in Versailles, Kentucky. He was doing a bunch of Mustang research. So Doc since went down and looked at him and said, can you hold him for me to get a truck down here to get him and get him back to Kentucky? So they took him to Kentucky. One of the stories, he said, first time they ever x-rayed him, they sedated him, took him into one of the barns buildings down there where they had the Mustangs. He said, you see that new 2 by 6 up there, the crossbeam? I said, yeah. He said, you see the height of it? I said, yeah, 10 feet plus a little bit. He said the reason that was news is that he turned that one into it into splinters. Oh wow! Now for everything he was missing on the front end, he had a lot of power in the back end, all back end. So that's where he got his his motor from. That his was his speed. motor, big strong motor. Said so he went down to those front feet with them splayed out, went rolled his body up like somebody doing a handstand. The metal on the roof was creaking from the heating up in the sun. And he fired, and he hit that thing, and said it It didn't just crack, it exploded the center out of it, just sent, sent, turned it into shrapnel. Now, he doesn't look like a very big horse. I mean, he might look maybe 14 hands here. I mean, he doesn't He doesn't look... Maybe 14 hands. Yeah, he, he looks barely 1,100 pounds. No, he's not 1,100 pounds at all. But he was out there, he had a big horse out of Montana that crashed through three fences, and they got into it. And at this point, this guy's in his 20s. Mm. The horse out of Montana about killed him. Pegasus was on the ground for about three days. They were running IVs and all this kind of stuff on him. Got him back up on his feet for the next couple of weeks. They didn't know he was going to live through it. And this guy, by God, he had battle scars on him. He came to live with me. Every situation he went into with other horses, he ended up one way or another by outsmarting or whatever, ended up being like he was the head of the herd. So let's go back to the x-ray from the beginning. Okay. So this is the x-ray. So this is, this is after the horse had passed. The reason he went down was not the front feet. It was crazy. He walked, looked like a stumbling drunk. I mean, it was in a real bizarre-looking walk. When he trotted, he rounded up and he lifted. And he would jump stuff with those front feet, and he, he just really would have a really light landing and just absorb all the shock and everything and just go on. I wish I saw a video of that. That would be, that would be amazing to see. And, you know, if something got going and he took off cantering, he could. it would shock him what he could do. First several months of his life here, he lived in a round pen, and I spent the night out there with him just trying to get... He had been haltered. He had been led. But he you know, he'd slipped his halter off, getting him to where we could get close enough to him to get a halter on him. We ended up move, you know, in a round pen and shifting the round pen. One night we had a cold rain. He was acting colicky, so we ended up squeezing him and going over top of the panels to 
took a lariat rope, through, slipped it around his neck, looped it around his nose, and got a halter on him. Because once you had him, begrudgingly, he'd let you do a little bit. And then we got him, got him in out of the barn, or in the barn. And for the first while going in and out, he took a 20-foot, big three-quarter-inch fat cotton drag rope with him. Because you could get to the end of the rope if you get him to turn around and face you. Right. <laughs> but he would lead because he had been handled up there to a degree. But he never lost the edginess. But this was after he had passed away. And he's got a lot of ugly calcifications in that lower lower limb. At one point, it was speculated that he broke, broke his pasterns. And then Dr. Mansman looked at these. He said that, that he thought he had blown his spentries out. That was all calcifying in. But the joint spacings were not good. There was a bunch of strange remodeling on the coffin bone. This is not normal at all. And that would be the left front. That's the label on the x is, is mislabeled. At this point, just to help stabilize him, we'd gotten where we little by little had trimmed away with the feet. So if you notice, the big flare is gone here. And at this point, I had built something to put under him just to help him stabilize because he was having a hard time because he was actually mo- losing motor control in the back end. So I've got something glued onto his foot on the bottom there. The back end kept getting worse. and <laughs> Mike, sounds like you're getting worse I've, over there. I've got, I've got frog problems today. <laughs> Everyone's got frog problems. So he went down, and this was like I say, post-mortem and this it this was not moving when this was shot it was just there was that much weird calcifications in it. all right so and the, this is the picture of him now well not now no, but not i mean now but this is it moved in our place this is after we got where we could could handle him a little better but look at this angle right here his, right. i mean his leg is literally what do you call what do you call this situation this uh event that's happening with his foot what you do know, you know if, if you look at the the fetlock and everything it looks like a blown out suspensory and, you know, even the, the angle of his shoulders and everything was not not a normal position for a horse's shoulder. Yeah, I mean, his shoulder's way, way, way down here. But his power came out of his back end. Back end looks good. I mean, and, he's, he's and, straight up on his back end. And you can see that belly. He liked eating. <laughs> never until the end. He never had any problem getting around. I, and I could see if this horse right here in my mind, I could picture him running and having these these feet that come out like all crazy to the left, to the right, to the left, to the right, out of right abduction style. <laughs> yeah, I've got I've got some kind of crazy stories just watching him when he, he was in different groups of horses. For the most part, he would do a lot of gesturing, play games, maneuvering, and he would end up leading the herd without ever any conflict. But I also got him where it came to conflict. Someone was going to fight with him, and he would take a hit. And if they got in the wrong position, good lord, he could fire with that back end. And what eventually happened to him? You you said he that he did pass away. He did pass away, but not because of this situation. Not because of those front legs. He was actually having motor control problems in the back end. Okay. And from the looks of him, we were checking him out. He had some spinal damage and everything else. He, this guy lived hard. He was thirty-ish. And Which is a good age. I mean, for someone in this, a horse in this condition, you, you even said. We know it's a Mustang. 15 years old is a lot of don't list past that. Oh, really? No. But no you're, not in the wild. But you were saying that even if this was a, a domesticated horse, the we horse put would. put him down. Yeah, he would have been gone a long time ago. But he didn't know anything was wrong with him. He just did what he did. Kind of like me and you. Right. We, we don't know if there's we're, anything we're, wrong. We pretend, yeah. <laughs> he lived in denial, that great big river. All right, guys, stick around. we got a couple more segments to get into. You're listening to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. He'll be right back. We got pass in pocket. We got battle. I am going to use it. Intention. Emotion, I've been diving deep. 
Welcome back to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. He was the 2017 American Eventing Championship Farrier. And make sure if you would like something for free, we would love to give you something for free. And the way you do that is go over to equinedynamics.com. Fill out that little form at the top of the page that says contact us. We have some magnets, some stickers. Mike's got a couple keychains left over there. Just to say thank you for listening to us and sharing us as well. And if you'd like to ask Mike Stein a question, we'll read it here on the air and answer it on the air as well. Just fill out that little form. Make sure you put podcasts on the subject line, and we'll get to it right away. And over to my far inside is Mike Stein. How are you? I'm doing okay, Travis. Doing better now. Are you doing better now? You sound- I am. I am. <laughs> Did you get it all out of your system? I hope so. I've been <laughs> fighting a little little congestion back way before Christmas. You're right. Make sure you get right up on that microphone. You, I'm right up on the microphone. Move the microphone a little bit. <laughs> move the microphone over a little bit. There you go. How's that sound? That's perfect, Mike. Perfect. Now, speaking of being a perfect, for those of you out there, there is a, a program out there from the IAPF that helps farriers get started. Where do you start if you want to be a farrier or if you have interest in being a hoof care specialist? Is that a thing, hoof care specialist, or just or just interested in hoof care hoof, in general? Hoof care in general. There are apprentice programs. IAPF does have an apprentice program. They do help place you with a mentor. Okay. There are schools. There are... Plenty of people who have apprenticed with farriers. Right now, I do have an apprentice. I was just going to say, how did this pop up? Because I know that you've got someone riding with you, which is interesting. You know, you kind of feel, I don't want to say like a father figure, but you're like going, hey, look, there's someone else that's interested in what I'm doing outside of me, Mike. You know, because no, I'm more, <laughs> as far as being a figure, I'm more like uh, annoyed. So you have this, is it a young boy, young girl that, that's riding around with you? 30-ish guy, a nurse. He wants to change careers. I ask him what's wrong with him. Have you lost your mind? Well, he's probably he's probably seen being a nurse. Is he like a I guess a nurse in general? It's high stress. Yeah, it's it's a lot of high stress, and so <laughs> he wants to get into the horse field now. I guess right. Right now, has he had any experience uh, with horses or anything before? Does was he raised around horses? Does you know his? He, he grew up with horses. Mm-hmm. He always enjoyed them. Was around farriers, and you know he's taking it serious. He is doing homework. He has purchased books. He is going to the International Hoof Care Summit. Are you sponsoring him as far as coming into the the field of being a farrier? Is, is that a thing? Like, you know, to, to be a, a mason, you can't just walk in and say, I want to be a mason. You've got to have someone that's already in the crew of masons to bring someone in and says, yes, this is a good guy. He's a good fella. You know, let's bring him in. Well, he has proven himself to be a good fella. I don't know that you have to do that. Mm-hmm. He's determined. He wants it. And he keeps coming back. He's collecting his tools and equipment. I've had him doing some trimming, um, worked with him on shoe shaping a little bit. You know, every horse we look at, we've got something to discuss, which is making me rethink things like, how did we land here? You know, if we've got an odd turn in a leg, where does it start? And you get into the discussion about weight shift, adduct, abduct, and bone joint alignment. Which way does the, does the joint open? Does the knee, is the foot aimed in the same direction as the knee itself? Where is the shoulder aimed? How is he transferring weight? Is he unevenly muscled? Does he does he lean one way? Is he bent? And, you know, that's when you get these odd wear patterns and the stuff that we're doing with the trim, with shoe modifications, with whatever to help have a cleaner movement pattern with less use of energy for the horse. And I can imagine just on your side of the fence, here here you have this young lad coming in, and you you see it all day long, you know, you can look at a horse 30 seconds. I can watch that horse walk down the aisleway of the barn. I can tell that bing, 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 I'm looking for this, I'm looking for that. And now you've got this new trainer, trainee, apprentice along with you. And now you're like, okay, I have to 
translate because this is fresh eyes. You've got fresh eyes, and he's right. seeing it now. Your eyes for the first time, and I'm sure it's probably opening up your eyes a little bit. Going, it is. It is. I look at it. Well, why are we doing this on this horse? Well, the the, the quick answer. Well, it looks that way. Or he moves that way. Why does he move that way? He, right. He's asking the questions that should be asked, not the questions from like the the trainers and the owners going. It's more of a. Te- he's looking at it as a technical question. Right. <laughs> right. So we're. I mean, it's kind of going back to the days with Gonzalez and Caldwell and Jack Miller and Doc Redden, Doctor Mansman. Go down the list because there have been a lot of people in my career that have helped me learn. Once they got to you to a point, they just fire questions back at you. And we're starting to get to the point where, what do you see? What do you see? What do you see? Why do you think he's doing that? What about this? What about this? What about this? And building them through it because the real art of this comes from learning to read the horse. And that's something that horse owners can learn to do more of. Most of my clinics with horse owners, that's where it is. When I was doing in 2020, my talks at the International Healthcare Summit were about obtaining information from the horse's body to help you make better decisions on what you're doing on the ground. So I'm going back through that and hopefully helping them see some of this the thought process. How can a hind leg have something to do with how a horse tilts their head? Well, you always say your famous expression is solving the puzzle. Solving the puzzle, putting the puzzle together, exactly. As Tony Gonzalez says, everything that comes up, there's a why. Answer the why all the way through the body of the horse and you'll have it. You get all the whys lined up. So how's the kid doing? How how long has he been riding with you right now? Well, usually it's about once a week, and he's been riding with me about 10 or 12 weeks. And is it a full day? I mean, he's not just coming out there for one horse and then going home after. No, no, no. He stays for a while. Some places I'm able to get him under, some horses, some places not, depending on what's going on, depending on his schedule, because he, he is a travel nurse. He's down here for a year and a half. You know, he's got his full-time job. He's got, you know, married, so he's got some family responsibilities. He's got his golden retriever. He's got, you know. <laughs> so you know all about him. things going on, yes. And... He's decided this is what he wants something to do with it at some level. And he, you know, he's got some anatomy and stuff that a lot of people do not have coming into being a farrier. Well, yeah, he could translate a lot of, you know, just the human bones to a horse's, uh, right. you know, mechanics. Now I have two questions for you. How did he, how did he get hooked up with you? You know, how did he find you? How did he, uh, you know, you two connect? And how many nails has he shoved through his fingers already? He has not shoved any nails through his fingers yet, but we're working on that because that's going to be a good lesson. Don't stick your fingers there when you got a sharp nail coming out. But he's, he's really quiet with the horses, so they tend to like him pretty good. So how did he get hooked up with you? How did that start? How did that relationship start? I'm going to go with dumb luck. Okay. Or bad luck. He said he, he had looked up farriers, looked up the information on farriers, and he called a couple people. He had researched several people, and he had talked to some people about me. So he did his own research. He did his own research. He, he checked me out pretty good. That scared that all that information's out there about you, Mike. Oh, no. So he's doing well. Doing well. So what's his next step? You said he's been riding with you for about 10 to 12 weeks. What's his, what level is he at right now and what step is he going to? What's his next plateau? First, first thing we're going to do is get him solid enough with trimming and he can start building some trim climbs. Now is he just doing horses? I know you do mules and stuff like that or no? I occasionally. You, you don't make will. a profession it's out not, of it. That's not my main thing. Okay. So when you send him out to do or not send him out, when he's out there with you, so you don't start him on any of the complicated no like you would have them on dominique or diego our horses no okay no 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 starting off getting the shoe off safely 
he's learning to do a good job of clenching and cleaning things up. Um, I have had him drive a couple nails. I've had him work on some shoe shaping and mechanics of that. He's drilled and tapped shoes for me, cut pads for me, that sort of deal, and he's got all his fingers still. Well, good. And to make you know, he's got his eyeballs and his ears and got earplugs, safety glasses. Yeah, you have to teach him the material mm. first that he's going to be working with before you start teaching him the horse and, and the mechanics. Now, you're, I know you're doing a little right. bit both, but, I mean, you know, 80% is what's in your toolbox right. as far as how is that going to help this horse uh, with his day. Well, he's got, you know, he's got a good hoof stand. He's got nippers and rasp and good knife, and he's set up that he could start trimming. What color are his chaps? Kind of brown. Are they? They're not beautiful pink like mine. <laughs> of course, mine are kind of the color of not pink anymore. No, they're clay and, and horse horse drool color. So he's doing well. Yeah. So his ambitious is or ambition is to be a farrier just like you, right? Or and at least comparable to you. I mean, head heading in, in a direction. I mean, he's got big shoes to fill if he's trying to you know do a Mike Stein deal. Mm. Mike, just take it as a compliment. Okay. <laughs> but I mean, is he, is he, uh, you know, next in line, is he going to join the, the IAPF? He is heading that direction. Okay. He's looked at some of their programs and that's like I told him. I said, there's a lot of information out there that it'll give you access to. And one thing with the IAPF is educating yourself throughout your career. Because I'll promise you, as long as I've done this, there's a lot I have not seen. There's a lot uh, that I need to learn. And as long as I'm doing this, I always need to be educating and bettering myself. And having this kid with you as well, you're learning again. Learning again, making me rethink things that are just become an automatic process. So you said he's a... A traveling nurse. Traveling nurse. So he's in, he's scheduled here or contracted here for a year and a half, wherever position he's got here in, in the North Carolina area. Is he going to, at the end of that contract, is he going to go somewhere else and continue pursue the farrier? Well, or I think, what is his, like he wants to be a farrier on the road after his contract runs up being a nurse? Well, I think his deal is he's been a travel nurse for a few years now, back before COVID. He's got a house in Kentucky that he is leasing out right now. He's also buying another small property where he could have horses of his own, on his own property. Oh, he's getting into it big time. Oh, yeah. And he's planning on travel nursing for a couple more years and working on the farrier business and getting that property paid for before he goes home because making more money travel nursing, he's going to do that long as he can. Oh, yeah. And then be able to start building a little bit at the time his own business. And he's talked to me well about racehorses, about stuff like that. And I said, well, I've done some racehorse shoeing, but I'm not your prime racehorse shoer out there. Uh, it's something that occasionally I end up with my hands in from time to time. I did license with Kentucky horse racing this year. I was there at the Breeders' Cup. But I know people that live in horse racing that are very good racehorse farriers. If you want to get into racehorses, I can connect you with them because they work They work in Kentucky at the tracks there. And he's going to be about halfway between Louisville. And he's going to be halfway between Keeneland and Churchill. So I guess that was my next question is what was his field of interest? Is it dressage horses? Is it? You know, he actually has an interest in working on drafts. Oh, really? He's not a big guy, but he wants to work on those big horses. We talked about stocks and all that sort of deal. Well, he's a young guy. You said he's, what, mid-30s, early 30s? He's 30. Yeah, he's and, 30. and if he's got a couple more years of uh, doing the nurse thing, so 35, he'd be out of the business right in the a prime prime right. shape, he's, prime time. For he's, You know, he's uh, he's into rock climbing, 30 years old. Not a real, like I say, he's smaller than I am, but doing the rock climbing stuff, he keeps himself in pretty good, pretty good physical shape. Sure. And big drafts, you're not going to outmuscle him anyway. Forget that. If you think <laughs> you're going to do that, you're insane. 
I don't care how big you are, you're not going to outmuscle those big guys. Well, uh, well, I wish this kid good luck, and you're in good hands if he's listening to the podcast right now. I, I know that he knows us working alongside of Mike Stein as well. All right, guys, stick around. We have one more little segment to get into. You're listening to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. He'll be right back. Welcome back to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. Like he said, he was the licensed thoroughbred farrier this past year, actually 2022, through the Kentucky Race Horsing Commission. And if you'd like to have Mike Stein come out and perform a clinic at your event or your location, go to equinedynamics.com. At the top of the page says clinics. Fill out that little form. Mike will respond to you like that and get you on the schedule. Or if you have any questions for Mike Stein about that, you go to contact us, fill out that little form there. Make sure you put a return address, and we'll send you out some uh, some free swag here from the Equine Dynamics podcast. And over to my far hand side is Mike Stein. How are you? I'm doing good, Travis. How are you? Doing good. All right, so what did we learn today? Talking terminology. The word abduction, which is a term used for movement of a limb away from the body, and adduction, which is a term used for a limb moving toward the body. And when would these terms be used? When you're watching a horse trot out, when you're dealing with muscle injuries, when you're dealing with movement direction, such as working your diagonals in the in the in what phase the leg is in abduct or adduct and uh, this week's case study the pegasus discussion right pegasus you know that was one of those deals a learning process i learned a lot about horses that wasn't even what i ever expected with him she was a or he was a mustang from the high desert country in nevada yes he was and it took me really tuned me up on horsemanship skills quite a bit and just to watch him and how he handled himself with what he was dealt and the fact that he was he's got to be one of the toughest horses on the face of the earth he just he never quit is that what they call elf feet where the, the hooves literally that was, a, that curl? was a different direction of an elf foot yes and it literally curls up like an elf shoe would right. so and and unfortunately he passed away but this was years ago this was some time back he was on up in years and but he passed away at a good healthy age of in the 30s he was 30ish yes and it wasn't because of the front legs front legs were solid all the way through it and for someone wanting to learn hoof care or becoming a farrier, who is your biggest teacher or who will be their biggest teacher? Biggest teacher will be the horse and learning from the horse and learning how to put together what the horse is trying to tell you because they are screaming stuff at us in different ways all the time, every movement. Does he have a hair swirl? Where is it? What does that have to do with it? I don't know. Go look. Where's the tail hang? What's the mane doing? All the, all the little stuff that the horse is the showing little, you. Little details. Something, something is going on. What's the muscle shape like? What's the range of movement of the shoulder? Putting the puzzle pieces together. Right. Putting the puzzle together. All right, guys. On that note, make sure you follow Mike Stein on Facebook. Search Equine Dynamics Mike Stein. Mike posts a bunch of different articles up there. Make sure you follow us on your YouTube channel. For every podcast we do, we have a matching video as well. You can see all the pictures of Pegasus during this episode and all the other case studies that we've been working on here on Equine Dynamics. On behalf of Mike Stein over there. Have a good day. My name's Travis Singh. See you next week. All of the doggies are in the corral. All of your work is done. Just close your eyes and dream, little pal. Dream of someone.
save big on brunch for mom all in the kroger app get half gallons of delicious kroger milk for 129 each then get flavorful tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for 249 a pound all with your card and a digital coupon Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.